Hello and welcome to the Ripples of Courage podcast. I am Rock, your host, and this is the third episode and I'm very happy and grateful that you are here joining me in this episode. So um, in the last episode, we talked about perfectionism, basically what is it about, um, how it affects our life, our well-being. And so for this episode, we are going to dive into what are the ways that we can manage perfectionism or what we can do um, to address it and basically, you know, have a happier, healthier life and better well-being in the process. So, um, yeah, um, most of the things that I'm going to share are still based from the book that um, I, I'm reading or like I, I read, which is Overcoming Perfectionism, second edition. So. This is a very nice book and, uh, you know, if you can find the copy or, you know, if you're um, suffering from perfectionism, I, I do recommend it. It has a lot of uh, tips, which I hope to share in this episode. Um, I'll try to make them uh, simple. I mean, they're simple enough, but yeah, I'll try to, uh, I'll try my best to share with you like what I got from this book. So yeah, but before we before we get into that, I think it would be nice, it would be good to um, refresh ourselves of what perfectionism really is. And we um, you know without without explaining the actual definition, but I guess what we you know um, discussed last time, like there are three main components to perfectionism which is first setting um, setting um, really demanding and rigid standards on ourselves. And second is striving to achieve these very high standards despite its effects, its negative effects in our lives. And the third is basing uh, our self-worth on achieving those very high rigid standards. So that's basically what um, perfectionism is. And as you know, as we've discussed uh, in the last episode, there's a lot of ways that it can um, affect our lives. And so now we'd like to look into like, um, how do we address it? How do we manage it? So um, there's a lot of steps know that that are here in this book but i want to i want to sort of like group them into um like into three into three main steps now and so the first step which is usually the hardest but also the most important step is to actually decide if you want to change decide that you want to address your perfectionism intentionally and purposively um, to acknowledge that it is there, it's affecting your life, affecting your well-being, and that you want to do something about it. That's always um, the difficult part, but a very important part. And of course, it's not easy, Dubai. It's hard. It's hard. It can be hard because remember, for people suffering with from perfectionism, so you associate your self-worth around those, you know, very high standards that you've set for yourself. 
And so in a way, it's like whatever you have, whatever positive thing that you have is because of that. It's because of, you know, this striving to achieve these um, um, standards that you've set for yourself. And so it's scary because then you start asking yourself or you start wondering, are you going to lose whatever you have? Are you going to lose what you built? Are you going to miss out on whatever other positive things that could happen or that could come now that you are actually lowering your standards? And essentially, it feels like you are becoming or letting yourself become a, a worse, a lesser version of yourself. So it's scary. Um, and I remember I even have this experience like with um, uh, in one of the sessions with my therapist. I think I, yeah, um, it, it was more about it was more about like the self-compassion conversation. And, and I mentioned something like, um, but yeah, but yeah, I'm scared because what if I become lazy? What if suddenly I don't produce good results or like I don't produce good outputs and I lose like the last ounce of discipline that I have in myself and I just you know whatever like almost like it's almost like ah I'm gonna you know I'm gonna lose it I'm gonna lose everything because now I I am lowering the standards and and I was literally yeah I was I was really scared about it so yeah, it can be scary. And and there's like a process naman talaga, di ba? Internally, psychologically, there's an internal battle usually. It's it's not like, oh, I'm I'm experiencing this and like in a snap, I want to change it. I'm going to do something about it. You know, if that happens, then good. <laughs> that happens to you, good. <laughs> but it usually doesn't happen like that. So there's a process that you have to go through as well to finally decide, okay, um, it's about time. And one of the things that the book suggests that we do is um, it's to identify the cost of change. So um, the process would include like um, identifying the pros and cons of your perfectionism. Like I remember, so there are many different ways that it manifests in our lives. Right? Some behavioral manifestations and like just list like what are the positives you think right? that that you are getting out of it and like the negative um the the cons as well and then basically each like each of those things you also identify like what's needed to address this problem and you reflect on what are the costs of actually doing that, doing that change. Um, maybe sometimes it's a, you know, it's time investment, that's a cost. Maybe it's more psychological, emotional cost. Um, and so and so you'll see, and you're, you'll also assess like how important this is really for me. Meaning how important really is that criteria or that that standard or and or how important is it for you 
that this cons or like this um, negative impact is addressed, diba? So, so you did an exercise and of course, at least to me, and I hope it will be for you if you do try it, that you'll find that it's worth it. It's worth addressing this because you'll see, um, yeah, I can understand that, you know, um, perfectionism really has some benefits and some perks and I would, you know, I would still, <laughs> I would say, I would still um, credit credit much of my whatever success I have, no, I would still credit much of it to some parts of my perfectionism. Um, one of the things that uh, my former colleagues or like clients really like about the work I do is that um, like I'm very keen to details like it's good quality, at least it's what they say. Um, and and yeah, I, I and now like I'm doing freelance work. I'm I'm doing I'm, I have my business, and you know, former clients are coming to me because they like the quality of the work that I've delivered, and so I still associate you no know, um, some of the successes to some parts of perfectionism and. Um, but at the same time, when I reflect on this is this is where I am now, and these are the impacts as well, and because because I feel like perfectionism can really help you, but it can only take you um, it can only take you far enough, you know. There's gonna be a point where it will exhaust you it will break you almost and and yeah at least for me you know that's like uh, this is no longer worth it and the cost of changing is not as much compared to the benefit that i would get if actually i would you know let go of some of this perfectionist um behaviors stuff like that so so yeah um identifying the the cost of change as one of the ways to help you get to the decision that you actually want to change so so that's the first part deciding that you want to change and address your perfectionism the second part which is um a very fun part to me um which is gathering data or data gathering so like if you're doing um so there's there's like research um survey and experiment that, that can happen you know in this process but basically gathering data so first of course the most important part like the start is really understanding as well your perfectionism how it is manifesting in your life um because it doesn't it, it it doesn't necessarily uh manifest like in all areas of your life so to me, very clearly, it manifests in my professional life at work. Like I have very, very rigid standards for myself at work, how I show up at work. But it's not the same for like the social um, aspect of my life. Like if it's a if it's a thing uh, with friends, 
like ah, I, I don't I don't have not, not that I don't have a standard for myself but but I feel like like I can show up and like, I'm I'm good like if people don't you know people don't think I'm cool or whatever or whatever like it's it's not that important to me um I think um but at work it's different so so I know that there's I know that there's uh there's a clear manifestation of perfectionism at work for me and of course like at home it's not it's not as much like I can live in a little bit of chaos so yeah so yeah so identify for yourself and there's a process as well I think I mentioned it in the last episode where I tried to draw like to map out how perfectionism is manifesting in my life and it's it's also very helpful because you see in that map which is again in the book so I, I really recommend that you get the book if you are you know suffering from perfectionism um there there's a there's a a process where you map out like why your perfectionism persists and you'll see that it's really a vicious cycle it's a cycle that you know feeds itself like it feeds itself um like you 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 set very high standards that's almost like you're positioning yourself to fail and you have very specific rigid criteria for that and again it's likely that you're gonna fail and you're gonna go into this process of self-hating self-loathing whatsoever and then you just go back to you know punishing yourself and like um pushing yourself to to adhere to these very high standards and like in my case or like i guess in many cases uh for people who suffer from perfectionism like if, if you achieve it then you go into the cycle of okay that wasn't that was probably not hard enough i was just you know pulling myself and so i need to go back to that loop and actually make this criteria harder something like that um it would look different because again it manifests differently in, in different areas of our life so it, it would be different but it's it's very helpful to map it map it and i think it it gave me so much clarity as well when I did that exercise. So um I'll try I'll try to share like um on the page of the website uh of the podcast I'll try to share some more um information so go check it out. Um but yeah. So first, you know, the most important data that you get first is like understanding how perfectionism manifests in your life. And then there's because um, with perfectionism, actually, there's a lot of and I mentioned this in the last episode, there's a lot of cognitive distortion that's happening, <laughs> a lot of um, not very logical thinking that's happening. And you tend to rationalize them. And yeah, it's almost like distorted. So the thing is, you want to challenge these thoughts these beliefs and and there are ways that you can do that um so there's two things um mentioned here um but you can do three the first is like research you do you do a search online 
for example, you have this very rigid belief that okay, this this kind of thing or like this activity has to be done only within you know this amount of time, and and maybe you find like you you have very strict standard on that time that you spend on something. Maybe you can do a search and see what's really the average time that it takes to do that thing. And maybe you're doing it all right. <laughs> maybe you just have a very uh, a very um, fictional idea how much time it requires. So, so you do a little bit of research. And then you can also do survey. Survey with the people that you know. Um, what would be an example of this? Uh, Idea is to test your assumptions. So, for example, if you think like, Siguro, um, for me, I used to think that um, I I need to let's say it's an email, like I need to review my emails. Although I didn't de- didn't do this particular survey, but so I, I check my emails. I check like everything excessively with the, with the idea that. My emails have to be, you see, it's not, <laughs> why am I even thinking like that? But my emails have to be really written well, so that, we, because if they are not, then something bad is going to happen. Like, it's either like, I would be miscommunicating with people, or like, people would respect me less, or like, um... I would lose a potential gig or a client because my email is not very good enough. Things like that. Um, and so I think like you have to do it this way. And a survey, a survey could could look something like um, ask people, especially maybe people that you know, people that you think really make nice emails or like when you read them, like okay, this is clear or whatever. And then just do a survey, like how much do you check your emails, things like that. And then you'll see as you gather like their responses, you see like, okay, that's 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 data that you can use to challenge whatever assumption that you have for yourself. So that would be for surveys. And then you can, uh, um, um, I, there there's so many there's so many examples that you can do with surveys. And then another is, and this is fun, which is ex, uh, experiment, experimenting on your assumptions as well, on your behaviors. So to use to use the email as an example, because I mentioned it last time, like when I write an email before, I like anything that I write, I would like review all the sentence, right? Read, write, read, write, read, write, read, and. And the thinking is that again, like something bad would happen if if it's not perfect or like something if there's a mistake there. And so an an experiment would be something like, and I kind of did this, which is okay. From now on, I'm writing email. I'm not checking them. Just write everything. Write, 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 write. I'm allowed to check once before I send, and then that's how I do it. For a change, and so I just observe. It's an experiment. I just observe if anything bad happens, and as you guessed, no, nothing, nothing bad happens. 
it's not like I would receive an email from a colleague saying that, oh, you missed a comma, there's a wrong period, your sentence was not, you could have written it this way. Oh, actually, they could have used this word instead of that. It doesn't happen. Never happened. So, okay, no need to check the email excessively. Um, but that's, that's just one experiment. Uh, another experiment that was shared in the book was, like, if, you're, if your perfectionism is, for example, cleanliness of your house, and you have this thinking now, if you invite people and your house is not very clean, that, You know, they will judge you or that they will not enjoy um, whatever it is that you're doing at home in your house or that they will not go back again. And a way to experiment, for example, is you maybe you don't clean your house at all. It's very extreme. Or maybe you clean your house, but it's not, you know, the usual standard that you do it. It's a little lower than that. You just do a little bit like, okay, it, it, you don't like, you, you, you don't clean all the corners of the house. Right? You just clean just some parts of it. And then you try it. And then you invite people um, intentionally to test it out and maybe ask them, okay, are you enjoying? Is How's your experience? Right? And also try to, after that, that event maybe try to invite them again because you have an assumption that they will not return they will not go back again if your house is not clean stuff like that and you just you know just run that experiment and that's a way yeah that's a way to challenge to challenge our assumptions our beliefs right? it's like you know, it's almost like you know Um, challenging your limiting beliefs because these are very limiting beliefs right? very very limiting beliefs so um, gathering data is understanding your perfectionism and also challenging them with information outside so ayan um, ano ba ba example ng mga ano dapat i-challenge like a fact versus fiction Um, there's one that I'm trying, I'm experimenting on. <laughs> I don't know if I should share this, but yeah, whatever. Um, and this is, you know, the idea that to get ahead, you have to be single-minded. You have to be obsessed about one thing and give up all. And I struggled with this thought for like for the longest time because I naturally I, I gravitate towards like doing many things. Because I get bored. I get bored if I do just one thing. But I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot. I read this a lot. Um, and and I, I kind of forced myself into this thinking. Now, if, if I were to do well at something, I have to do that alone. That, only that. And I need to be willing to give up everything else for this one thing that I want to be successful at. Successful at. And obviously, didn't work. Because so, I don't know, um, tired or, or exhausted, exhausted or bored. 
I don't know how to describe it, but just, you know, it's just not working for me because I'm naturally, naturally drawn to doing many things. I'm experimenting on that, so I'm still not sure if it's going to work for me. Um, let's see, after a couple of years, <laughs> a couple of years me doing many things at the same time. Let's see where this goes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm in that experiment right now, by the way. So so we'll see. We'll see. But But it's fun, you know trying to get uh, data, trying to gather data. And yeah, so the last step, the next step is, so you've decided you want to change. Now you gather data, understanding yourself and challenging your beliefs. The third part is now the changing part. So this is where you, but it's still, you know, changing mindsets. Um, there's actually many specific steps um, that you can do. So I, I really recommend the book it, because you have here really good qu guide questions and um, worksheets almost like templates for how you can do um, how you can how you can go through that process. So it's really nice, very helpful. There's a lot of worksheets. Um, but I'm going to share like the general gist of like the process or like the mind shifts that need to happen so that you can start to manage or like address your perfectionism. So, um, and, and again, it's, all, it, it's a lot about changing how we think. So one of the things, one of the cognitive distortions that happen with perfectionism is all or nothing thinking. All or nothing thinking. And literally, it's perfectionism. Literally, all or nothing. It's perfect or not. Um, an example of this would be something like if you're if you're like in a day, you planned out your day, you have like your to-do list, and maybe you're the type of person that actually has a thing every hour every 30 minutes i used to be like that like all the time in my calendar is filled with something i need to do and so and and, and all or nothing happens when you know despite everything like despite achieving 80 percent or like 90 percent within the day as long as you missed something, as long as one fell, as long as one fell into the crack, as long as <laughs> you already feel like that entire day was a failure. So that's a that's all or nothing. It's either it's perfect or it's not. And yeah, like it's distortion because because right now, like can you imagine? Can you imagine how difficult that is? Because there's so many things that are beyond our control. And and so if something happens like and then the 90% good that happened is no longer um you, you, you no longer um count them or it's no longer it's just so hard. But yeah, but for a while. For a while, I've had that, you know, I've had that problem, like, 
every day is not good because you know something fell into the crack something uh, a schedule was missed or a task was not ticked and things like that um so changing all or nothing so um and then another thing is which is related to this one um is negative bias so we we, we are actually biased i think no I was going to say, I think most people are, but that's me making assumptions again. So I'm not going to say it. But yeah, there's a tendency to be biased towards negative. Wherein we only see like the negative things that are happening. Like, okay, uh, you assess the day. How this day went. I'm like, oh, hindi ko nagawa yung gato. Or like, this didn't happen. Stop. And then that's it. And then you you feel defeated again. You feel like a failure. And it's because you well, if there's anything that you failed at objectively. <laughs> um but that is seeing the positive. So noticing the positives actually help with perfectionism. Because your problem eh? you go deep into that cycle, the more negative that you see, the more things that you see are not perfect, are not good enough. But if you're able to acknowledge the positives, it really helps. And in a way, I think this is where like the gratitude exercise also comes in. Because with the gratitude exercise, you really try intentionally to find good things diba? to find good things in your life in general but i guess to be more specific like with your perfectionism is that especially in the areas of your life where you find that it is manifesting to actually seek for positive things like for your progress for um yeah for for, for the progress And this reminds me, I get a little bit distracted because this reminds me, um, like for a while, I, I, I had this mantra, which um, my coach reminded me a lot about, which is progress, not perfection. So it's it's a little bit more about the all or nothing. Yung parang feeling mo na, as long as hindi mo pa na-achieve yung thing, you can't celebrate. Because you haven't succeeded yet. It's all or nothing. But yeah, it's a good reminder, progress, not perfection. As long as you're moving, however small that is, however like limited steps that is, that, that's something. You gotta celebrate. Celebrate your small wins. So ito naman yung positive. Look for the positive and celebrate it. Don't, don't, don't um, focus always just on the negative. And... Yeah, what else? Should. Okay, should. Ah, uh, this is um this is really powerful because I you would realize and and it's this is a good exercise. I think um try to reflect on like what are the shoulds that you are telling yourself? I should be like this, I should do this, I should like that, again and should 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 and I should. And And really, really reflect and really ask yourself, do you, 
are they really shoots? Are they are they really shoots in your life, or you were just conditioned to think they are shoots, and you've conditioned yourself as well to think that they are shoots in your life? They are not. So it's a very good exercise to reflect on that, and you may find that there's a lot of those, and and that um, and that you know maybe they are not really shoots. And, and, and you can also know uh, you can also reprogram yourself like the language that you used. So uh, I used to use should a lot, no, but I've changed it. Like there's something that that comes to me like okay, I should do this, I should do this, and then I pause a little bit and then reflect. Okay, should I really do this? <laughs> How important is this really is? And then there are many, kind of many branches of questions like, should they really do this or is this something that someone can do? Right? Should they really do this now or this can wait? And yeah, may- maybe that question can be, you know, it can be tricky because it can lead to, it can lead to, you know, procrastinating or whatsoever. But it could be a very valid uh, question. Should I really be doing this now? That this can wait. And one one question that I also ask myself is, do I want to do this? <laughs> this is should because I'm telling myself I should do this. Do I really want to do this? And I try to I try to do more of the things that I want to do. And sometimes I don't like to do some things, but they are. Uh, legit, legit shoulds. Like you should eat, should sleep. <laughs> but I guess the change there is that instead of just saying like the should, we try to reflect and really think, what is it for? So I'm telling myself I should sleep by now. It's almost morning. And it's not that I'm punishing myself that I should do it. But it's because I want to be healthy and I want to wake up tomorrow feeling good. And I want to be able to be on time for my meeting tomorrow. So it just changes, you know, to just shift from the should into like I want to. So it makes it parang easier to accept and like parang yung body mo. Kasi diba related yan ba? At least for me, no? Parang I'm not too tight. I'm not too... Again, I'm not too tight thinking about it. Whereas if it should... Oh, I should I should be on time in the meeting. I should be on time. Diba? It's different when I want to be on time. I want to be on time because uh, I respect other people's time. And... I want to be able to finish it on time as well because there are other things that I actually want to do. So, diba? Like, even the energy changes. And so, ayan. And what else? So, there's labels. It's still related, like, to the to how we use words, how we communicate with ourselves. Like, the labels na, okay, out of, out of, like, the many things that you wanted to do in the day, you didn't do one. And then you start labeling yourself, oh, I'm such a failure. Oh, I'm so lazy. 
oh, I'm not disciplined enough. Oh, like, you know, there's just a lot of labels that we're using on ourselves. And generally, even on others, right? But yeah, um, so we have to be mindful with the labels. So um, what you can do as well is like, see, you know, try to try to reflect, like, what are the labels that you're using on yourself around, you know, around these things? And can you change them? Or maybe you don't need them at all, right? And, and like with labels as well, it's a little bit like related with overgeneralizing, right? Like, no overgeneralizing, okay, this didn't work out, like this thing you didn't do. You have a label, oh, I'm such a failure. You already overgeneralized, na. just because this one thing didn't get done, overgeneralized, na. failure. And you labeled yourself as a failure already, where you can just say that, Okay, today I did eight out of, or I did nine out of the ten things I wanted to do. But by the way, ten things—that's too much, no? Try three. <laughs> that's another change that I did. These are the three main things that I want to do. Other things that, yeah, would be nice to do, but if I don't get to do them, okay. So, but yeah. Instead of saying like I'm a failure today, you just say like, "Oh, I did just two out of three today." No judgment, no labels. Just it is what it is, right? And, and you see, like the emotion that comes with it is different. So you don't feel like you need to punish yourself or whatever, um, because you didn't label it as something, and you didn't overgeneralize that thing. Yeah, and I guess one more, probably the, the last. So again, there's there's a lot, uh, but another one that I want to mention is catastrophizing, um, and and this this cognitive distortion isn't only with perfectionism. It's like with many other, you know, many other uh, conditions. Catastrophizing is yeah from the word catastrophe. So it's like you feel like. A catastrophe will happen. Like the worst case scenario will happen just because something happened. So to illustrate lang yung example ko, like with emails, diba? It's just an email, but I'm I I was catastrophizing in in, in the sense like okay, if I don't write this email well, maybe it will not send a good impression to this. Uh, potential partner like this person and oh if this if 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 that happens then we will not be able to proceed into the next love next conversation and that means we're gonna miss out on this opportunity and if that happens no oh no then no. i don't want to give very specific examples but that's how the mind works <laughs> um it's like the world's gonna end just because of that silly thing. And when you're very deep in your cognitive distortion, it feels like it just makes sense. Um, but yeah, you'll realize it doesn't. And here is where, like, two very, uh, I guess, concrete 
suggestions I can give, which is first seek help. It, it's really helpful because when you're when you're deep in this thing, and I guess it's the same like with any other like mental health, ano, diba? um problems is that when you're deep in that, it's it's quite hard to actually see, to actually really parang maano siya, like ma himay mo, diba? To really, to really get into the details of it, to really understand it, to filter it out. It's hard. So, for me, it was very helpful that there's another person pointing things out to me, telling me that, oh, okay, that's like a cognitive distortion. Okay, now you're, okay, now, now it's like an all or nothing thinking. Okay, that right there is you're catastrophizing again and stuff like that. Just to remind us, because it's easy to miss. But yeah, um, you know, it may happen that, you know, we are not capable of, you know, accessing these helps. Um, one thing that we can do, which I also did, which was very helpful as well, is to journal to write um write write your thoughts it really helps because when you're deep in the thoughts you're yeah you're deep in it right? you're swimming in the thoughts you don't know it's like it's like the saying that the fish it's almost like the, the fish does not recognize the sea or like the water something like that but yeah and whatever it is whatever it is but yeah um it's like it's hard to recognize because you're so deep into your thoughts. It's it's hard to see these, you know, these thoughts that you would want to challenge. So having another person help you with that. But if again, if that's not available, the journal can help you. While you are deep in it, you write it, write, 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 write. And then find some time when you're feeling okay, you feel like you're in there in a good balance. Diba? And then you check it. And then you you see it with you know clear eyes. And you see, like, oh, am I really telling myself this? Wow. Diba? And then you see, you see how how your mind works, how your thoughts, what your thoughts are like, and and then you can start challenging them. You can start like picking out like the things that, okay, this is not helpful. This is not compassionate. This is judgmental. So um, those are the things I think um I think that might be enough for this episode. I, I hope that you got something. I know it's a lot. Um, but yeah, I guess let's try to just recall that so the, the the main steps really is just deciding deciding if you want to change you want to address it and then gather data to understand yourself and to um and to challenge your assumptions and and the third is as you are challenging those assumptions to actually shift your mindset and change the way you think. 
And again, there are many uh, ways that you know it manifests, and many ways that you could do it. But yeah, you basically, with the new data that you've gotten, you can challenge your assumptions, and now you can start thinking differently and acting differently, doing things differently. So I think it's it's a cycle, dinaman, diba? Um, as you're learning more, you're experimenting, and then you're learning more, and then you're you're also understanding. Or th- there's so many tips, and then you try to apply one, and you experiment. I think, yeah, I think at least for me this year, I'd like to. I'm trying to see life really as an as a big experiment, and just really trying to experiment on a lot of things, and not um, be so attached to specific outcomes or like specific results because yeah i guess i guess one thing that's a little bit related with um with perfectionism as well is like the need for control right? like even like the need for control but i guess the the acknowledgement that you know a lot of things are beyond our control really helps as well so I guess the gist, like the key takeaway from this would be that perfectionism becomes a problem because we associate our self-worth so much on achieving these very high standards, rigid and sometimes unrealistic standards. And, and usually they are around achievements. And what we want to happen is to actually weaken this association and instead of associating our self-worth on our achievements or on the outputs of these things that we associate our self-worth more on on more more of the intrinsic values or like the things that really really matter to us for 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 what they are it's not like they are important because they bring us something else but in itself they are important it's different for everyone so um reflect on like what are the core values that you know things that you really really value um for just for what they are about and also it helps to base our self-evaluation on as many domains uh, as possible in life so for example some of us sometimes just like um, base our self-worth or self-evaluation on like work maybe that was my case before just everything was about the output or like the outcome of work and like if it's not working well then you know i'm not i'm not a good person my self-worth is to the ground etc but if our if our self-worth is actually or our self-evaluation is based on many domains of life, like you have professional life, then you have a social life, you have your family, maybe you have um you also base your evaluation on relationships, on creativity, on play, on how much, on your health, then then there's there's l- lower risk diba, of being very rigid in 
in in a in a specific um, area of your life, and and because, diba, the reality is, you know, there's just so much that we can control, diba? Most of the things are beyond our control, and if you put, <laughs> it's almost like putting everything, putting all your eggs in a basket, diba? By saying like, my worth depends on the success of the success I have in my career. And it's like, it's all or nothing, you know. If if it then doesn't work out, then, diba? Parang, yeah, you feel like a failure. Whereas, okay, you have your your career, maybe it's not doing very well, but you have friends, you have your art, diba? you have your creativity, you have your music, whatever it is, you have your poem or whatever. Um, you're doing, you have your friends, um, you have other side projects that aren't necessarily work, um, you have your health. So, there's so many other areas of your life where you could be actually doing really well. And it helps because, again, things happen, we don't control everything. We control very, very little, <laughs> and and yeah, and we need and we need these other areas of our life to, you know, to keep us afloat. Because, sure, it happens, right? If you if, if something didn't work out, of course it hurts. Whether you're perfectionist or not, it hurts. But again, if you put all your eggs in that basket and all your self worth in that, then. It's just super high stakes. So, yeah. And and finally, I guess, um, gist talaga talaga. Um, which is, which is, I am in that journey talaga. And that is, ano, self-compassion. Self-compassion. Because the, the thing with, ano, the thing with perfectionism, like the second critical component, diba? You're striving so hard to achieve these standards despite their impact in your life despite the negative effects diba? it's because it's because you're hard you're just you're being hard on yourself you're unable to show yourself compassion enough compassion and it really is key um um if you know treating yourself as you would treat your best friend or someone you truly love meaning you know that if they yeah yeah just just re- reflect on it right? Parang, um if you know lahat ng standards that you put on yourself imagine that your best friend is in the same situation and is not hitting that hitting those targets like how would you how would you deal with them how would you treat them? And yeah, yeah, you would be surprised with how probably different you're treating yourself from them. Um, yeah, sometimes I it helps for me like to even imagine like you're wearing a hat. So that, that, there's an expression, but like wearing the hat of what? And I have this like the friend hat and really really specifically and intentionally like like when i'm 
you know, like feeling like that and like being hard on myself and like, okay, I'm going to wear the hat of the best friend, hat of the friend and just be compassionate to myself. But I, what I would tell this best friend of mine now that she is thinking all these things and going through all these things, what am I going to tell her? And you find that you're, you find that you'll find that you're actually able to tell yourself some really compassionate stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, self-compassion. It also, you know, it also includes yung some flexibility, again, with your shoes, your musts, um, flexibility with like, um, you know, not taking things all or nothing. Diba? Everything is a spectrum. <laughs> so, Ayan. Um, so that's it. Um, I hope you got something out of it. Um, I probably just rambled again. But yeah, um, if anything, there's anything that, you know, that you um, found useful, um, there's more in the book. There's, there's worksheets and all. Very, very good guide questions. You'll find it very helpful. Um, and if you have suggestions, um, you have stories you want to share, um, there's going to be uh, places where you can do that on the website and also on our social media. So we have Facebook and and probably we have Twitter. <laughs> um, so you can comment those. We, we, we will be posting questions where you can share your story as well. You can make suggestions on like other tips you can share on how to address perfectionism. And yeah, I, I hope to hear from you and to, you know, learn more tips. You know, this is a this is a this is a process, this is an ongoing process. So it's not like, you know, you've done the book and then um okay, I'm good. So um I still I still need more suggestions i guess okay and so to end this episode as always we end with a question and so the question that i want to leave you for this uh episode is how can you show yourself self-compassion today let me say that again how can you show yourself self-compassion today that's for this episode and yeah lots of love to you and hope that you join me again in the next episodes and if you have ideas for other topics you want to hear from this podcast feel free to let us know and thank you and hope you have a wonderful time